Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's Word and discover radical results along the way. Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer. Now today we're going to be talking about parenting. Specifically, we'll be talking about how we can do the right things when it comes to difficulties with our kids. And believe it or not, it all starts with us saying the right thing first. Now, I don't know about you, but when it comes to dealing with kids, I am quick to do two things. First, I want to stop the conflict, don't we all? Whether it's a child that's a bane or siblings who are fighting, I want it to end now. And then, as if this is going to help matters, I know it doesn't, but I immediately jump to doling out consequences. Instead of trying to figure out what's really going on inside my kids' hearts, I want to remove their privileges from electronics or give them an extra chore. And while this may cause the child to do a quick turnaround in the moment, it rarely does anything to change my child's heart. Can you relate? The good news is that I'm learning to do things differently. First, I've had to learn this because after we adopted six kids from foster care, I started dealing with kids from hard places. And even though I'd already been a mom for 23 years, I realized that my parenting techniques did not work at all in the slightest. I can't emphasize that enough. It didn't work. So my demands for obedience and handing out consequences did not calm the angry kids in my home. Instead, it just caused them to escalate. And truth be told, it caused me to escalate too. We found ourselves in this crazy, angry cycle that was very hard to escape from. With a lot of prayer, therapy, and advice from professionals and friends, I learned a lot. And I wrote about what I learned in an upcoming book that'll be out this fall called Calming Angry Kids. And over the next couple months, I'll be talking about more about this book and putting together a launch team and doing all that fun stuff. But in the meantime, because I know you don't want to wait till September to hear all the good stuff, I have a friend, a wonderful friend who's going to give some great advice today. So thankfully, as a family, we have gotten past so many of these big blowups. And the truth is, like any family, there's still the daily little stuff that we're dealing with. The stuff that builds and grows and can bring hurts between parents and children, or even hurts between siblings. Things like bedtime battles, kids arguing back, and kids who are rude and whiny. I know I'm not the only ones that deal with whiny kids. So wouldn't it be wonderful if there was one resource that would tell us parents what to say and how to handle moments like this? And guess what? There is, and we'll be talking about that today. So today's guest, Amber Leah, is a dear friend who is both wise and loving. She goes to God's word to learn wisdom for dealing with her own kids, and she has four adorable, I'm talking adorable boys from baby to elementary school, upper elementary school. They're wonderful kids. And Amber graciously shares the truth she's learned with other parents. 
Amber is the author of some wonderful books, and she wrote them with her friend, Wendy Speak. Their first book, Triggers, helps moms deal with anger, and their newest book, Parenting Scripts, give parents guidance on things they can say when what they're saying isn't working, and we all need that. We all need these wonderful tips. I know you'll be blessed by my conversation with Amber, and you might need to listen more than once. Even though I recorded it, I totally went back and listened a couple times because what she had to say was so good. So I'm not going to blabber on anymore, but here is my conversation with Amber. Well, hello, Amber. Welcome to Walk It Out. Hi, Trisha. Hey, you know what? Any morning where I get to spend some time talking to you is a good morning. So I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> I know it's a good excuse for us to just sit and chat. We don't get to do that. We do more texting back and forth. So it's great to hear your voice. Likewise. Thanks, Trisha. Yeah. So for those who aren't familiar with you, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I am a I'm actually, I think, the fourth generation Los Angelian here in the Los Angeles area of California. My kids are the fifth generation. I actually thought they were the fourth generation, but I was corrected recently by my mom. They are the fifth generation, and so we are tried and true beach bums. We love the beach. I have four boys, and so they range from Oliver's almost 11, and Quinn is eight, Oakley is six, and Quaid is 16 months. He was our happy surprise. And my husband and I, we have a production company here in California. And then I just found myself um, after leaving the teaching field for many, many years, I was home with the kids and still needed some creative outlet. And so I started blogging and that led to writing some books. And so we have a very busy, crazy, happy life here in LA. I'm a Christ follower since I was about four years old and have uh, been on quite a journey and just growing in my faith and hopefully sharing that with other people to encourage them. And I love that. I love how you and Guy just do that in so many aspects. And I have to say, I am jealous when I see your guys' beach pictures all the time, (laughs) because we are like 10 hours from any sort of water like that at all. So that should be prime. I feel like everybody should have beautiful beach access. (laughs) I know. Well, see, it just gives me an excuse. I need to come visit you. Exactly. Yeah. And so, okay. We're talking, you talked about all the things, you know, production company and writing books and kids and time for the beach. I know so many times I get questions about how do I balance it all. And I mean, just today I've homeschooled the kids. I've been answering emails and text messages from one of uh, a publishing house that I'm working with. I looked at some new cover comps. I mean, this is all in the middle of a day. I'm talking with you. I know in the middle of your day, you're talking about with people from your production company and you're doing kid stuff, how do you balance it all? And why do you think um, that it's okay? Because so many times we think, oh, you know, when our kids are little, we just need to focus on that. But why do you think it's okay to have these multiple things and still be a mom and seeking God and doing all that all at the same time? It's such a good question, Trisha, and it's many layered But I have some really um, strong convictions about it, too. And I found a lot of freedom along the way. Um, One of the things that I think is most important for me, because you're right, I am running a production company with my husband from home. We have nine projects out to networks right now that we're pitching uh, with the possibility of them being purchased. And so that alone is a tremendous responsibility. 
at any given time, I'm reading scripts or talking with people in the industry, attending events in the evenings, things like that. I'm in the middle of writing uh, another book right now, as well as trying to maintain a, a ministry online. And I have these four beautiful boys. I also take care of my parents. So there is a lot on my plate, but I really feel the key for me is to recognize that when you're in the center of God's will and you feel like you are fulfilling what you're called to do, God always will give you the the resources and the strength and the energy that you need. And that sounds kind of cliche, like, well, Jesus is enough, but it really is true. Like I have just found that when I list all those things, when I start sharing that out loud, it overwhelms me. Like I could easily become overwhelmed, but in the day to day, it doesn't really overwhelm me or stress me out because I feel like each of those things really truly is something that God has allowed me to do. And so he's giving me just the right balance. I don't really have to try to find balance. God somehow balances it all out for me. And so as long as I wake up each day and I say, what is it that the Lord has for me to do today? And I'm also very particular about making priorities, truly priorities. So if I say that this morning, my priority is to go to the school meeting where I'm planning the parent-teacher staff appreciation week, which I'm the chair of at my kid's school, then I'm not going to let anything else interfere with that, even though there may be 10 other things pressing in. And so I try to really prioritize and just understand that you know, God's given me certain things to do. It's going to look really different from the next person. So my life is, does not look like anybody else I know. And I think it's supposed to be that way. We shouldn't um, be worried about what other people's lives look like. We should just be really in tune with what the Holy Spirit wants us to do day by day. Absolutely. And I think so many times I know I felt guilty in the past because I do have work responsibilities. I might need to go to a conference or you know, leave my family for a time. And I felt like I'm such a horrible person. But God has just led my family into experiencing these wonderful things that we never would have been able to experience if I hadn't been a writer and, and traveling and, and working. And I know you have the same thing. And I, I really think that as you and Guy are, you know, working in your, your production company, or you're working on your books, your kids see that and they also see what it looks like to follow God, and to seek him with our work and with our lives. Yes, they you know what, they never have complained. I've never heard one of my kids complain when Guy or I or one of us is gone or we're doing something because one of us is typically always around, you know, or a family member or somebody is is always with them. But the main thing is that you're right. They share in these experiences with us. Our kids are so excited for us and they're so proud of us and they are watching and they see us. I think if we acted like these things were a burden or it was just too much or we were quick to anger because we were so consumed with other things, then it would be a different story. But we try to be really present with our kids and they also know that there are limits and there's certain times when they need to let us do the things that we need to do. And they're really sharing in the joy of that with us. And I think that makes all the difference. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. And and to realize that, you know, the family things, taking my grandma to the store or the, to the doctor is just as important as sitting down to write the next chapter. I mean, it's just all, it's all important to God and it's all serving him. And it's, um, I've just finished a, a book. Um, it's, it'll be out in October called Calming Angry Kids. And I share a lot of our story, our adopting kids from foster care and anger struggles. And I had the older girls read it and it was amazing what healing, even 
sharing their story and, and them being able to see this is where we were. And I, sh- I, w- I mean, I share it very gently, like I'm not like blasting them, but this is where we were and this is some of the changes and this is where we are now. And they, I saw tears, I saw hugs from them. They were able to see like God has really done a, an amazing work in their lives and in our family. And I've been asked multiple times, are you going to write more about us? Because <laughs> It wasn't like, you know, I'm just, I'm just sharing what God has done in our lives. And they love that. Um, and so it's almost like we're all able to process what's going on in our homes through our writing and through our work. And I know you did that um, first in your book, Triggers. So can you tell us a little bit about Triggers and what led you to write that book? Well, Triggers, you know, and you're right. It really is about, I think, involving our kids in, our, in every aspect of our lives. You know, I don't want to compartmentalize some of the work that I'm doing, I want them to know because I feel like the work I'm doing is a calling and I want them to be inspired to follow and to discover their own calling. And so writing triggers was definitely a part of that process. Um, It's called triggers, exchanging parents, angry reactions for gentle biblical responses. And it covers 31 of the most common triggers toward anger that I think most parents face. My co-author is my good friend, Wendy Speak. And she has her own um, wonderful blog and newsletter to wendyspeak.com. But she and I, we started ministering to moms online together in an online Facebook group. And we just saw that it was growing and growing and growing incredibly. And it was a support group for moms who struggle with anger and yelling, but we weren't really sure what the response would be. And it was just overwhelming. I mean, just thousands and thousands and thousands of women joined. And we've since started a new group now. It's called Gentle Parenting with Amber and Wendy. And if you just search Facebook, you can find it really easily. But it was really through talking with all of these women and seeing that they were desperate for some really biblical and very practical ways to handle their anger. And I think when we came into it, a lot of us wanted to fix our kids. (laughs) We just wanted to say, okay, if my kids would stop talking back to me or disobeying, then I wouldn't get angry. And really, that's not what this is about because our kids are really immature and they are little sinners. And really, the disobedience is probably going to be something that you battle for their whole childhood, which is like 18 years, right? So in order for there to be a real change and to have a more peace-filled home, we could, the only thing that we could control was ourselves and our reactions. And when we became more, more prone to gentle biblical responses with our kids, Wendy and I in our own homes, we discovered that that in fact did have an impact on their behavior too. That was the bonus. So we compiled our years of experience and our own journeys away from angry parenting toward a more gentle and biblical approach in this book. And God has just blessed it tremendously. We're actually, February here is our two-month and two-year anniversary of the book. And it has a study guide with it too. And there's a video series. And um, it's just been a huge, huge blessing. I love that so much. And I love how, you know, even though we're pointing our finger and saying it's our kid's fault, how God so lovingly and gently points the finger back at us and, and has us look at our own hearts. And I know even when I took my kids um, to trauma therapy, so a lot they'd face a lot of trauma in their lives. The first thing the therapist did was turn to me and talk about my responses and how I was handling things. Because if I'm going to escalate with my kids, or if I'm going to sh- you know, make them shame shame them or make them feel bad when they disobey, it's not going to help them, and they're not going to be able to move towards healing. And so, a lot of the work that I did with my kids in the therapist's office had to do with me and. 
um, really sitting down before God. And I love that you were able to cover all of that in triggers. So um, I want to talk about your next book, but before we move on, what is maybe one um, before, you know, I want people to definitely go to gentle parenting and check out the book, but for someone listening today, what is maybe one bit of encouragement if they do struggle with anger that they can just take away from today? Well, so I would say that, you know, two things, um, Proverbs 15 verse 18 says that a hot tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. And I think that's what we all want in our house. You know, when our, when our kids, when there's contention, when there's arguing, when there's disobedience, whatever the trigger may be, um, that we have a lot of power through the Holy Spirit to be women and, and men too, who are slow to anger and that we're able to actually quiet the contention just by our own responses, like you were saying. And so it really, I want to give hope to the listener that feels like, gosh, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm angry. And I'm not sure that really anything I say or do is going to make any difference. And I can assure you that thousands and thousands of people that, you know, we've been working with and been reading the book, their testimonies nearly every day just bring me to tears because there is hope for change. And that's the first thing I want any listener to know and understand is that you're not alone. You're, you're not a bad mom. Um, you may be doing some things that are sinful or just wrong, or you just don't know what the right approach may be, but there is always an opportunity to do the right thing, to do the next right thing. And so that's, this is not the end of your story or the story with your kids. So have hope. And the other thing I would say is that when, you know, let's, let's say that, um, you know, your, your child is doing wrong. You know, Wendy always says it's an opportunity for you to do right when your child does wrong. And that's really kind of the core of the book is that this is really about our responses. And so going through this journey away from anger, it's really going to be about your own transformation. And so just be open to the possibility of what God will do in and through you. And the added benefit will be a more peace-filled home too. But it is going to start with you and me. Mm, I love that so much. And I love how your book is based on scripture. And, you know, there is so many scriptures that we can turn to that talk about anger and to talk about giving a gentle answer and about having peace. Um, When you sat down to write, were there scriptures maybe that you hadn't thought of that really apply to this? Yeah, I think the main one, um, one of the main verses I always think of is Galatians 6, 9. It says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And people always say to me, well, I tried this thing for like a week and it didn't work. We're right back to where we are. I thought I would be better by now. I thought I'd be further along in my, my journey toward more gentle parenting and away from anger. And I always tell people, look, It takes a childhood to train a child. And the key is, is that you're doing good. Every time you you give a right response to your child or they do the right thing, that's one step forward in the right direction. And so if you just keep doing good, like that verse Galatians 6, 9 says, you are going to reap a harvest of blessing, but be really patient with yourself. You know, recognize that it takes a childhood and it takes a parenthood. It's going to take a while for you and me to figure out what our kids really need from us. And so just to have that perseverance, I think is really important to remember as parents and to not give up 
and to not throw in the towel too soon. And just to be really gracious, you know, the Lord is so long suffering with us. He's so patient with us. And really, Triggers and Parenting Scripts were written with uh, with Wendy and I asking the question, how does God and how does Jesus treat me as a daughter, as a son? And then how can I practically implement that in my own parenting toward my children so they have an accurate view of God? Mm, I love that so much. I think so many times we want perfection from ourselves, from our kids, um, you know, which our, you know, we're still training our kids to know how to act and how to respond and how to deal with certain situations, how to deal with emotions. Um, and then even with ourselves, I remember after we had all the kids move in, well, we had, you know, over time we had one and then two more kids and then four more kids through adoption. I remember after the four moved in, I could never get the house clean. And I was so frustrated because it was all this mess. And I was just, this anger was just right there under the surface. Um, And I had the hardest time with it. And I just felt God's gentle voice. Like, why do you think you need the house clean? Like you just added four people that came from very hard places into your life. And it wasn't like an audible voice, but just this piece like, basically chill out, girl. <laughs> we don't need a perfection here. You just love them. That's right. That's, there's a reason that Messy Houses is one of the chapters in our book. <laughs> it is a trigger. <laughs> it is a trigger. Yeah. Yeah. And and so many times God's just like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. We don't, we have this perfection standard in our minds, but God doesn't have that. It's not like he's telling us we need to have a perfect house and perfect kids and be perfect. <laughs> so I love that. So tell me, tell me a little bit more about um, parenting scripts that um, you wrote and then why you felt this was the next book that was needed? Well, so parenting scripts, you know, we had such tremendous response with triggers and we knew that it was blessing a lot of homes. And there are a lot of, it's filled with practical information and things to say and do, but people wanted more. And specifically, they would say, look, I'm just kind of struggling with what to say in the heat of the moment. What's the best thing that I can say that's not going to tear my child down? Because we talk a lot about breathing life into our children. And, you know, whenever Wendy and I are talking about this, we, we, we speak from a place of still on the journey ourselves. Like we never want someone to think we have arrived, but there are a number of things that we have learned along the way that we say and do that we've seen the Lord bless and they're all rooted in scripture. And so we took the time to go through again, 31 different scenarios where we discuss, these are things that we say um, that relate to very specific topics. Like, you know, when our kids will not go down for their nap or they're struggling, you know, they won't stay in bed at night. Um, When our, when siblings are fighting, you know, what do you say at that moment? Um, When your kids are hardened toward one another and there's no forgiveness among them, what can I say to them? That's going to make a difference. You know, when, when my child is lazy, what can I say to motivate them? Um, maybe it's just that I take the easy way out all the time, or they just need to know that you love them and they're feeling like they're beating themselves up and they're too hard on themselves. What can you say? Um, when, you know, when your child hurts your feelings, they say things that really cut you to the quick and, and grieve your heart as a parent. What can you say in that moment? And so we really were very prayerful and we felt super compelled that this was the, the next book. It's called Parenting Scripts. Uh, when what you're saying isn't working, say something new. And this book is a workbook and a book all in one. And we really invite people, we we share what we say and what we do and what's been helpful. And then we invite you to really think about, because we don't believe in formulas necessarily. The Holy Spirit is not formulaic. 
he is, you know, creative and, and he knows how to handle us all as individuals. And so we, we leave a prayer at the end of every chapter and we invite you to write your own script. You know, this is an idea. Maybe it'll get you thinking what would fit your family best. And so there's just a lot of room for people to read through and, and maybe be inspired and think outside the box a little bit because it's so easy to default to saying the wrong thing or the same old thing that isn't really having an impact on your kid's behavior or on your home life. Hmm, I love that. Okay. So give us an example. Um, the one that jumped out at me was when your kids are fighting, <laughs> what do you say? I, I deal with this all the time. We have seven kids in the house. Okay. Well, so there's a couple different things that sort of relate to that, but I have to share one of Wendy's scripts that is one that I use all the time with my kids and they can be fighting. And inevitably that leads to that somebody feels wronged, right? By the other person, someone's tattletaling, so on and so forth. And so the thing that I always, we say to our kids is you do you. And it's just this very simple, you do you. (laughs) And so it's so good. It actually applies, I think, to many, many kinds of relationships. But before I even explain that script a little bit, the foundation really of triggers and parenting scripts is to remind parents that we need to take the time to do the proper teaching and training ahead of time. So with these parenting scripts, if I recognize that, you know, sibling fighting, tattling, um, not taking responsibility and ownership for their own behavior is a problem then that's a signal to me. We talk about triggers being signals and opportunities for us to do the good parenting. So that's a signal for me that, okay, my child is, they're having a lot of sibling rivalry right now. There's a lot of fighting. I need to have a time outside of conflict where we talk about this. And I'll share with them, you know, a scripture about about ownership or about brotherly love or whatever the case may be, whatever the Lord puts on my heart. And then I'll say, look, I'm going to say something to you guys. When you start tattling and arguing, I'm just going to say to you, you do you. And you know what that means, son? It means that you're only responsible for yourself. You're not responsible for your brother's behavior. And you know what? Even when he does the wrong thing, you can do the right thing. You can do the right thing. Let's talk about that. Let's pretend that you guys were both wanted the same basketball outside at the same time. What would be a way that you could handle that where you do you and you don't worry about your brother, even if they did the wrong thing. And we talk about it. And so it's really important to do some parenting and some teaching. And we talk about that all through the book, ways that we do that, how we can do that. And so then later on, the next time something bubbles up, I say to them, I say, son, I understand. I understand you're really upset, but you know what? You do you. And so what would that look like in this case? I don't want you to focus on how your brother wronged you. And I will hear, you know, they may truly be in the wrong, but even if they're wrong, what can you do? And so it's really about shaping their character. I'm not into just punishing my kids for the sake of punishing them. I want their character to grow and I want them to grow in Christ-like character. And so for me to be able to teach them some of these truths and then to say that little script in the moment, it causes them to stop and to consider, I know what this means. I know what my mom's really trying to get at here. She's not going to fix the problem necessarily right now. But she's trying to get me to think and take ownership for my part in this argument. Yeah. And I, I love how in the chapters you lay out, there's a story, either you or Wendy tell a story and then you have the parenting script and then you have a scripture and then you have uh, the uh, give them example of a prayer and then make the script your own. So it really gives parents time to be thoughtful. Okay. You know, this is Amber's story or this is Wendy's story. This is how they handle it. But then they get to sit before God 
And they could say, okay, God, how do you want me to take this and use it with my kids? Um, and I love that, that there is that for the parents. It's just like you're guiding the new training the parents on how to guide and train their kids um, and be diligent about not just getting upset, getting mad and saying, okay, go to your room. Because those types of disciplines don't handle the situation. But really thinking ahead of time how each parent will handle the situation. Exactly, exactly. And and it's really important for us to to make sure that our readers know that, you know, the Holy Spirit is as available to you as as anybody else. I mean, as long as we're we're not quenching the Holy Spirit in our life, and that's a whole other topic, but you know, we have the opportunity to call out to the Lord at any moment and ask for help. And he promises to give us wisdom when we ask for it and discernment. And so we want parents to feel empowered. Like these books are meant to be a springboard for them to then really own their own parenting and their own journey and trusting that the Lord is going to guide them in very special and specific ways and to have confidence in that. So now that the book is out there, have you got a response or maybe a script that, that someone has been able to use that has really helped them in their situation? Yes. Um, one of the scripts that I um, that I personally use often, I think is another one that a lot of par- parents have resonated with. And it's based on Romans twelve ten, And it says, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. So the script in that chapter is just a question to my, my boys, what can you do to outdo? And so, you know, we had this little lesson beforehand about let's look for ways that we can actually outdo do one another in our brotherly affection or sisterly affection. Like, let's be a house and a home whose vision is a place where we don't just kind of go along and we don't live in a place of strife, but that we're actually looking for ways that we can bless and outdo one another in affection. And so I talked about this a lot and it's really made a difference in people's homes because what it did is it it caused us all to think in a more positive frame of mind. And this isn't like positive thinking and, you know, everything's just going to go okay. But it's really just about being intentional. And so many people have written to me and said that this was transforming for them because even them as moms, they weren't in the habit of looking for ways to affirm their children and to serve them with just a pure desire to serve the Lord. Like I'm going to try to outdo my husband or my kids with affection and doing something for them to bless them. Even if it's just a word of encouragement, I'm going to be more intentional to do that. And it just changes the culture of your home. When you have a bunch of people that are looking for ways to outdo one another in honor and affection you have a radically changed home life. And if you just focused on that one verse and that one thing, and that was your prayer every day, Lord, help us to look for ways to outdo one another with brotherly affection. It would just turn everything around. And so that's been a really, I think, transforming um, parenting script and Bible verse. I think for a lot of people, they've just reported, you know, such excitement in their kids. Like they're looking forward to ways that they can be caught doing something good. And that is really motivating. And I love that part being caught doing something good. And I found when I do pay attention, you know, not just going through my day when I pay attention, when someone even gets a cup down from the, you know, out of the cupboard for their sibling or, you know, makes them a sandwich when they're making their own. When I just take time to praise that, it's like 
seven pairs of ears perk up and they hear that phrase and they're like, oh, I want to do something. I want to do something that will um, get mom to praise me too. And it's so much better than me putting people down and saying, don't do that. And I mean, that um, people don't pay the same type of attention, but when they see me praising, it's amazing how everyone wants to receive that praise. And, and pretty soon they will be trying to outdo each other in in love and affection. And so I do think that is a powerful script that we can all use. Absolutely. I mean, it's funny, you know, kids are competitive and they can be competitive in the right direction, not just in the wrong direction. And I sometimes forget that, you know, sometimes for me too, it's even just saying, hmm, I wonder when I come back in the room, if all this trash is still going to be here or not. I bet it's not. I bet I've got some amazing helpers around here. And then I leave and see what happens, you know, and, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I love that sometimes it does, you know, that sometimes they are quick to scamper and try to please me. Like our children, they do want to please us. And so sometimes it's just a matter of planting that positive seed in their mind in fun and creative ways and just looking for the ways that they are doing the right thing, like you said, Tricia, and praising them for it. It is really a blessing for everybody when we see that. Absolutely. When um, I first took little Casey to trauma therapy, he was like almost three and he just was very destructive. And she said, okay, ignore the bad and just focus on praising when he's even sort of doing something good. So if he's throwing toys, if he like happens to throw one in the direction of the toy box, start praising him saying, great job. And we, you know, and so, you know, he'd be throwing toys and saying, don't throw toys. It would like be sort of in the direction, like great job for trying to put your toy away. And he'd all of a sudden like, oh, I get praised for putting my toys away. And pretty soon the toys were picked up, you know, just amazing how much that praise uh, just really makes a difference with our kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So tell me you have um, triggers and you have parenting scripts. Um, You talked about all these projects that you have working um, for you personally to be able to balance all these things. And really, I mean, to write them, write the books you write and to work on the projects, you have to be connected with God. So tell me just maybe how you find that time to connect with God and what really speaks to you and really um, just just fills you up during your maybe quiet time or whatever you choose to, how you ever you choose to connect with God. You know, there's just no way around it. Having my quiet time on a daily basis is foundational for me. I have to, uh, if I am going to flourish and bear fruit, I have to abide in the vine, period. And so for me, you know, I have a 16 month old. He's just now finally sleeping well again. And so I can get back to my, my real earlier morning times of quiet time. But I really think it's important to not get into like the, a religious mindset about it, but to realize it's a relationship and that the Lord will be there for me when I'm available. And so it's every day, but sometimes it's during the morning nap time with my baby. Sometimes um, when my kids are older, it is at first thing in the morning. And so, you know, sometimes it's, it's having a couple verses that I'm just really meditating on. And sometimes it's reading several chapters because that's what I have time for. And it's really just about making sure that God is the center of my thought life all throughout the day and that I'm prayerful all throughout the day. Um, but I really have to be connected to the vine and that is 
foundational for me. And also everything I write and everything I talk about on my social media, the projects that Guy and I are working on in TV and film, they are all things that are personal things that I'm currently dealing with or are still navigating through and that the Lord is helping me through. And so it's really just about, here's where God has me. This is the message that he has on my heart. And let me share it with you too. And if it blesses you, great. But really it's about um, an act of, of communion with the Lord and worship as I'm writing and as I'm producing and doing all of these other things. And so I, I feel like there's very few moments in the day when I the Lord is not on my mind. And really it's because I've been reading through the Bible every year since about 2000. And I'm, I think that's because I've just been so desperate for him. I've had a lot of ups and downs and a lot of um, difficulties and loss and grief in my lifetime. And that has just driven me to the arms of the Lord. And so I, I cling to him because I'm, I desperately need him. And so he's just, he's my, he's my everything. He's the center. And when I am not um, attending, you know, that time, tending to that time with him, I feel it. And, and I don't like that feeling. And so it very quickly gets me back on track um, with the Lord. But I love listening to podcasts like Walk It Out. And I love listening to worship music during the day while I'm doing laundry Um, my kids and I, we always pray together on the way to school in the morning. So there's just a lot of ways that, that the Lord is always before me. And I really feel like that's what it is to be a passionate Christ follower is to be in tune with the Lord and then just being really careful to listen and see his blessings all throughout the day and to really recognize them and praise him for them. And so that's just sort of my, that's how I roll. (laughs) And I I love how you talked about uh, reading through the Bible and I'm doing that again. And I found that so important in my life. Um, Just not, you know, I mean, of course, we want to read the Psalms and read the New Testament, but just even reading through the whole Bible, there's so much in there that I realized, oh, my goodness, this passage in Leviticus is so meaningful to to me today. And you're like, what in the world? How can that be? Oh, I've been so amazed by the Old Testament, how time and time again, just even though I've been reading it for so many years, I'll forget certain stories. And every time I read through, I'm newly amazed by what I'm reading and what it shows to me. You know, there's two questions I ask whenever I'm reading the Bible. It They are, what does this show me and reveal to me about the character and the nature of God? And then how does this apply to me specifically right now in my circumstances? And so every day, those are the two things I'm looking for when I'm reading the Bible. And it's really made it come alive for me and in new and different ways every time I read through it. Yeah, I love it. And that just that discipline of sitting down with God's word. I was just thinking about it. I met with a young woman who's really struggling in her marriage. And, you know, I was just encouraging her not to give up. <laughs> and I'm talking about, you know, my first few years of my marriage, I was not a nice person. I mean, I was a new Christian. I used curse words. I was not thoughtful. And, um, you know, it would have been easy for my husband to leave me. It was just, I, I was struggling with so much baggage when I came into my marriage. And I'm like, I'm so thankful that he stuck by me. And I was thinking about it after I left our, our time. And I'm like, when did things really begin to change? Because thinking back of who I was, uh, it's, I'm not even the same person today. And I I realized it was the, the t- day the moment when I decided to start reading God's Bible every day as you know, I'm not that I've 
caught every day or been able to do every day, but make it as much as I can. And that daily, just sitting down with God's word, even if it's 10 or 15 minutes. Um, now I try to read five chapters a day is kind of my, I, I know I can do five chapters in about 30 minutes. And that's kind of what I focus on. And it just has made a huge difference in who I've become. Um, so for anyone out there, you know, don't feel like you have to read five chapters, but if you read for five minutes and just that daily getting into God's word makes a huge difference. I agree. There's nothing more important. It is absolutely God's word that um, kept me from, uh, you know, suicidal tendencies when I was young and, and many other things. If I had not had God's word in my heart, I really believe I wouldn't even be here today. And like you, it's transformed me in incredible ways. And um, I think that it, it is really the, the, the most important place to start prioritize. You did say it's a discipline and it is, it's a spiritual discipline. And uh, that means it may not always be easy, but it's always worth it. I love that. So Amber, we're getting ready to close. What can people look forward to seeing you in the seeing from you in the future? Well, my husband and I are working on a book together right now, and we're very excited about it. It's in the very beginning stages. So keep keep an eye out in, in coming months. Um, and then I have also written a series of, they're called Bible Study, Study Buddy Bible Study Guide. Yes, and I, I bought one. So <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad you reminded me of that. Yeah. So there's three out right now and I really intended to have more of them written by now. And I've been a little sidetracked. I'm uh, partway through the fourth one. They're, they're available in Proverbs, Psalms, and James currently. And there will be more coming up. They're on Amazon. They're also on my website. But one of the things that I heard from parents all the time was, I know I need to be doing Bible stuff with my kids, but I just don't know where to start. I don't have a lot of time and I feel like it's going by the wayside. And and that was where I was. And so we've done Awana. We love Awana and all those things, but we just weren't in a stage of life where we could do something really um, heavy or that was very time consuming. And I couldn't really find what I was looking for. So um, I just, the Lord actually got me up in the middle of the night, uh, in many successive nights to go write these. And so, um, they take about 10 minutes a day and it's really about what does the Bible say? So there's not a lot of, um, a lot of commentary and a lot of that. This is just a basic tool, very simple for your kids to learn. What does the Bible say? Because when I was growing up, that's what saved me. I didn't have really um, godly examples in my life, but I knew the Bible like the back of my hand. And it was by knowing the Bible that God changed my life, despite the examples or lack thereof around me. And so that's why it was so important for me to just kind of strip everything else away and make sure my kids knew what the Bible says. And so it's got a verse and a place for them to copy the verse. And then it'll have um, a couple of parent chat discussions at the end. And I kind of turn the tables. And so it's, they're really kind of fun questions where um, they get really, really good discussions going. And so uh, my readers are clamoring for more and I haven't gotten them out yet, but I'm praying that those will be out um, this summer. There'll be a few more on hand. So, but yeah, those are my study buddy Bible study guides and it's something to do with your child. So you really get to grow together. I love that so much. That's perfect. Sitting down and you get your time in the word and they get their time in the word and then you have something to talk about. 
That's awesome. That's right. So if you're struggling with reading through the Bible, you know, start with a study buddy Bible study and and make that your time with your kid and incorporate them uh, with you. It's just really helpful, I think. Yeah. That is awesome. So Amber, where can uh, listeners go to find out more about you and all these wonderful books and projects that you've talked about? Well, um, my co-author Wendy and I have a website, amberandwendy.com. And you can actually buy bundles there of the books with the teaching series of videos for small groups or individual viewing or for churches, things like that. Or you can buy the books um, separately also on Amazon or on my website. Um, my blog is Amber Leah, or I'm also known as Mother of Knights because I have all these little knights in training, my K-N-I-G-H-T-S knights. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm also on Instagram and, and Facebook. My gentle parenting group is Gentle Parenting with Amber and Wendy on Facebook. And other than that, I do have, um, you know, a number of podcasts out there so you can, um, you know, search my name. Um, but mostly um, the Gentle Parenting with Amber and Wendy Facebook group, I think, is a good one for a lot of listeners because it's just practical, everyday encouragement. Yeah. And you go there and whatever you're struggling with, there's a wonderful group that can just surround you and support you. So I love that. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you, Amber, so much uh, for being here and just mostly for being a blessing in my life. I just really appreciate it. Oh, likewise, Trisha. You know, you're stuck with me forever. <laughs> <laughs> I will take it. I will take okay, it. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good day. Thank you. Okay. You too. Thanks. Wow. Weren't you encouraged? I was. In fact, I got my copies of Study Buddies for us to do as a family during our morning devotional time. We haven't started yet, but I'm so excited to get started on this with the kids, and I know they'll just love it. And I love the fact that we will all be digging into God's Word together from ages 7 to 17 and us adults too, so I'm super excited about that. And what I love about what Amber shared is that her advice is so simple and down-to-earth. She's a loving mom who is digging into God's Word and is giving advice that stems from her own parenting years, but mostly she's giving advice that stems from her time before God, in his word, and working on her own parenting struggles. And I just love that. I highly recommend Amber and Wendy's books, Parenting Scripts, and also their book, Triggers. Links to both books will be in the show notes, which you can find at walkitoutpodcast.com. That's walkitoutpodcast.com. Now, today's Walk It Out verse is one that talks about how to find wisdom that can apply to all areas of our lives, including our parenting. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. My prayer for you today, and my prayer for me, is that we may walk worthy of the calling of Christ, stepping out of faith, walking in humility, and becoming like our teacher Jesus. The good news is we don't have to figure it all out alone. Jesus is there. He wants to give us that wisdom. We can turn to God's word and to wise friends who have sought God's truth to help us. And I am so thankful for that. As always, you can find more information about me at trishagoyer.com. You can also find me on any social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram under Trisha Goyer. Finally, friends, I'd really appreciate it if you tell your friends about this podcast and encourage them to listen. As you know, this podcast is sponsored by my book, Walk It Out, published by David C. Cook. Now, David C. Cook is a wonderful nonprofit publisher. They are spreading God's word in over 100 countries. So be sure to check out all their resources too. 
Thank you for tuning in, friends. I pray your week will be blessed. Today's podcast was edited and produced by Author Media. Opening and closing music is from the song Wide Open Space by Life Worship, used with permission from Integrity Music.